0: Hello, this is Steve Webb. Welcome to LifeSpring Hymn Stories number 10. Charles Wesley was born just before Christmas in 1707. He was premature and neither cried nor opened his eyes. His mother, Susanna, kept him tightly wrapped in wool until his actual due date, whereupon he opened his eyes and cried. At age eight, he was taken to London to attend Westminster School. At thirteen, he became a King's Scholar at Westminster, and upon graduating, Charles enrolled at Oxford. He was nineteen and full of life. He later said, My first year at college I lost in diversions. During his second year at Oxford, he grew serious about spiritual things. Neither he nor his older brother John had yet received Christ as Savior, but they began seeking to live the Christian life so methodically they were dubbed Methodists by fellow students. Their studies completed, the brothers volunteered to go to Georgia, a new colony in America for those in Britain's debtors' prisons. But as a missionary, Charles was an utter failure. He was demanding and autocratic, and he insisted on baptizing infants, not by sprinkling, but by immersing them three times in succession. (laughs) One angry mother fired a gun at him. Charles left America ill and depressed. Sometime later, his brother John also returned in low spirits. Finding themselves in spiritual crisis, the brothers began attending meetings led by the Moravian Christian Peter Bowler, Finally, on Sunday, May 21, 1738, the 31-year-old Charles wrote, I now find myself at peace with God, and rejoiced in hope of loving Christ. I saw that by faith I stood. John came to faith at about the same time, saying, I felt my heart strangely warmed. The Wesley brothers sent word of their conversion to their sainted mother, who didn't know what to make of it. I think you've fallen into an odd way of thinking, she replied. You say that till within a few months you had no spiritual life and no justifying faith. I heartily rejoice that you have attained to a strong and lively hope in God's mercy through Christ. Not that I think you were totally without saving faith before, but it is one thing to have faith and another thing to be sensible we have it. Well, Charles was now very sensible of having it. His life changed, and he gained victory over both his temper and his unfortunate drinking habit. He said, I was amazed to find my old enemy in temperance so suddenly subdued that I almost forgot I was ever in bondage to him. He also began to spread the news of what had happened to him. In The Coach to London, he wrote, I preached faith in Christ. A lady was extremely offended and threatened to beat me. I declared I deserved nothing but hell, so did she, and must confess it before she could have a title to heaven. This was most intolerable to her. New vitality came into Charles' public preaching. He discontinued the practice of reading his sermons and began preaching extemporaneously. He found a fruitful arena for ministry at the infamous Newgate prison and allowed himself to be locked up with condemned men on nights before their executions that he might comfort and witness to them during their final hours. As the first anniversary of his conversion approached, Charles wrote an 18 stanza hymn describing his praise to the Lord. It was titled, For the Anniversary Day of One's Conversion. And the first stanza began, Glory to God and praise and love. Verse 7 began, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing! Inspired by a statement Charles had once heard, which went, Had I a thousand tongues, I would praise him with them all. Beginning with a 1767 hymn book, the seventh stanza was made the first, and when John Wesley compiled his collection of hymns in 1780, he chose this for the first hymn in the book. Congregations today usually sing verses 7, 8, 9, and 10, of Wesley's original, which we know today as Oh for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. Here are the lyrics of five of the verses as we see them today. Oh for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace jesus the name that charms our fears that bids our sorrows cease tis music in the sinner's ears tis life and health and peace he breaks the power of canceled sin he sets the prisoner free his blood can make the foulest clean his blood availed for me hear him ye deaf his praise ye dumb your loosened tongues employ Ye blind, behold your Savior come, and leap ye lame for joy. My gracious Master and my God, assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth abroad, the honors of thy name. Again, my great thanks go to Pastor Robert J. Morgan, who wrote the book Then Sings My Soul. And thanks also to the worship leader and pianist at the Lifespring Church, Miss Heidi Henniger, for her great musicianship on the hymn today. This has been an In Touch Productions podcast.